life. And if you believe that, it's going to be a better year. And what I like to do this evening in speaking to you is I like to speak to you on the subject of what you see is what you get. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, what you see is what you get. I know we say that term in a lot of ways. You could say it to your spouse. You could say it to your kids. You can say it in any way. But what I want to begin to speak to you about is the number one thing that, that determines rather you're happy or rather you're unhappy in the next 10 years Rather you succeed, rather you fail in the next 10 years, rather that you grow, rather that you stay idle in the next 10 years. Let me tell it to you this way. It's all in your perspective. It's all in the way that you view your life. It's all in the way that you examine your life. It's all in the perspective of how you begin to look at what is your life going to look like in the next 10 years. In the next 10 years, you got to begin to examine, and even in this new year, you have to look it at the lens of saying, okay, God, it's going to be the best decade that I've had in my entire life. It's going to be the best year that I've ever had. Uh, it's going to be the best of the best, and you have to begin to look at it this way and the way I, I look at it this way is that I, I know growing up I never thought that I would see 2020 2020 you thought of really of flying cars you thought of the Jetson days you thought like uh, going into the future like man uh, we're just gonna have all of this great technology 2020 you just never thought that but now that I think about it, God can come back any time. He really can. But let's just put it this way. What would your life be like in 2030? I don't want to be the same man, the same husband, the same pastor. And this may sound weird, but I don't want to even be in this building in 2030. I could see us in a stadium. I could see us in an arena. I could see us, uh, I mean, really, I could see us, uh, man, exploding at a place where, man, God is literally moving in our ministry. Ten years from now, our kids, some of our kids would be married. Some of us would have grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Some of you will even be pastors. Some of you will be pastors' wives. Some of you will be preparing for a new future. But it's all in the perspective. You say, well, not me. My life's messed up. Not me. My marriage is too messed up. Not me. I, I don't have the, a great job. Uh, not me. I messed up a lot of times. Not me. I failed a lot of times. Uh, I'm here to tell you tonight, as one of your pastors, it's all in the way that you look, uh, all in the way that you examine yourself. Your perspective determines your purpose. Uh, your perspective determines your passion. Uh, your perspective 
perspective determines a place in history uh, and I'm telling you right now uh, that I want to begin to look at my life uh, blessed uh, I want to begin to look into your future and tell you uh, that there is a bright future for you uh, that there is something uh, in stored for your life uh, not only my life uh, but if God wants to bless me uh, then he wants to bless you uh, somebody needs to get excited uh, about knowing uh, that God has a plan uh, and a purpose uh, God wants to bless you uh, I don't want to stay stuck uh, in where I'm at uh, I see a bright future uh, I see the blessings uh, of heaven uh, falling upon this church uh, I see men and women uh, raising to the occasion where God is going to bless you and move in your life. It's all in the way that you view it and it's your perspective. It's how you see things. And I'm talking about everything. How you see God doing it. How you see yourself. How you see your life. How you see your money. Everything determines on your perspective. You can be the most broke person uh, but if you look at it in a way and say I'm blessed and I'm highly favored uh, your marriage may be falling apart uh, but you can look into your marriage and say it's not always going to be like this uh, we're going to be happy uh, you can look at your kids and say uh, all they do is re rebel and all they do is don't listen uh, but if you look at it and say God uh, you're going to bless them uh, they're going to be preachers uh, they're going to be teachers uh, you gotta look at it in the view lens of God the Bible tells us that there is a direction uh, a direct connection between seeing and believing the faith and perspective are very closely related the Bible says what uh, faith is the evidence of what things not seen and you don't see it from a physical viewpoint. Uh, you see it from a spiritual viewpoint. There's more than one way to look at things. And generally, you're looking at things with eyes of fear. So if you don't see your future of getting better, you're looking at it with the eyes of fear. And what I want to challenge you this evening is to view things with eyes of of faith say that with me eyes of faith it's your choice to look at the next 10 years it's your choice to look at what God is going to do in your life in the next couple of years some of you have businesses God is going to elevate your business some of you have been praying for a business God's gonna bless you with a business only two people got it and that's okay the next 10 years will determine either you live a life of fear, you live a life of anxiety, you live a life with worriness, you live a life of always being nervous, you always will, if you don't look at it with that way of faith, but if you say, God, I want to change my perspective, I want to look at it in a different way, uh, and when you change the eyes of faith, uh, God will give you the confidence, uh, God will give you just the boldness, uh, I'm here today to tell you is that I'm not trying to use re re reverse psychology, what I'm trying to tell you is 
is that I serve a miracle working God. I serve a God who raised his son from the dead. I've seen a God. I'm talking about a savior who has done miracles and that is the same God that we serve. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're facing in life. My God can do the impossible. So you begin to look at it and say, God, I know you have a plan. There's a story in the Bible that I want to look in the book of Numbers, chapter 13 and 14. I, I spoke out of Numbers before. Many of you heard the story of Numbers many times before. But I want to look at it in this perspective of this. What you see is what you get. Numbers is the fourth book in the Bible, the book written by Moses. The background of the story is Moses uh, let the children of Israel out of Egypt. Uh, they have been slaves for 400 years. Uh, they spent two years crossing the desert. Uh, it shouldn't have taken them that long. Uh, but when you're moving uh, millions of people at once, it takes a while. Uh, they get to the edge of the promised land, uh, and they've been there two years in the wilderness, uh, and they're ready to go into Israel, uh, the land that God had promised them. Uh, Moses says, uh, before we go in, uh, I'm going to send in some spies. Uh, I'm going to send in some looky-loos. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and send in some people who can uh, explore the land, uh, the land uh, to see if we like it. Uh, so he selects 12 men. Uh, and the 12 people that I'm talking about here today is you. Uh, I'm talking about you uh, the 12 men that represent here is you uh, and Moses sends these 12 men in uh, and one of uh, from each of these 12 tribes uh, he sends them in uh, and they go in and they look at everything uh, he gives them uh, very inclusive uh, instructions uh, this is what I want you to do uh, I want you to come back with something uh, and they come back with this report uh, you come back uh, and there are some men that came back with a negative report and there are some uh, came back with a positive report uh, 10 of the spies say yeah it's a beautiful land uh, it's beautiful uh, but it's filled with enemies uh, and there's no way that we can do this uh, they're seeing it uh, from the eyes of fear uh, we can't go in uh, God uh, but I know uh, Moses is looking and saying God already told us uh, that we can take the land uh, but there are two guys, uh, two guys that look and they say, uh, oh, uh, I know that there is something in that land. Uh, two spies, uh, they say, you know what? Uh, we can do it. Uh, they begin to look at it through the eyes of faith. Now, the 12 men that represents in this story, I want you to put yourself in that category. Uh, I want you to begin to look at it. If God gave you an assignment uh, to look at what God had promised you, uh, to see what the blessing is on the other side. Uh, but I don't want to be the 10 uh, that come back with a negative report. Uh, I want to be the two spies. Uh, the two spies that says, uh, yes, there's giants. Uh, yes, there's enemies. Uh, Yes, there's obstacles, uh, but I know that we can take the land. I know that we can get something out of this. Uh, which one are you in this place? Two of the guys say, we can do it. People start complaining, and they see 
They get afraid. I don't think this can happen. But look with me in the book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 17. It says, Moses gave these men instructions as he sent them out to explore the new land. Go northward into this hill country and see what kind of land this is and find out rather the people are living there are strong or weak, uh, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good? Is it bad? Uh, do their own, do, do, do their towns have walls or do, are they unprotective? Uh, how is the soil? Is it fertile or is it poor? Uh, are there many trees? Uh, enter the land boldly. Uh, into the land boldly and bring back samples of the crops that you see. Stop there for a minute. And what he's doing here, he's giving the instructions a very clue. He's giving them a vision of this trip. And what you have heard in these last two months, from the Transform series to the Decade of Destiny, our pastors and our staff have literally have been laying out a vision for you to say that this is going to be the best decade that you have ever seen. Uh, our pastor has laid out goals. Uh, our pastors have said uh, that this is the way that we need to look at our finances, look at our marriage, look at the way that we live in our Christianity. Uh, and what he's doing here, uh, he's giving them a vision. Uh, he's giving them a a, a, a do to go into uh, but if you begin to look at verse 23 uh, we begin to look uh, at what's taking place here in this city uh, of the valley uh, they cut down branches uh, with a single cluster of grapes uh, they're talking about uh, I mean they're talking about branches of grapes uh, the size of basketballs uh, they had to bring two men to carry these branches uh, you're talking about about a blessed land? You're talking about grapes uh, that can make all kinds of things? Uh, that's how blessed this land is. It says it's bountiful country. It's plenty. There's gigantic fruit. I need you to, I need you to look at that with me for a minute. You're talking about big grapes? Watermelons, I don't know if there were watermelons back then, but I'm, cantaloupes, I don't know what fruits you like, but they're huge, huge. Verse 25, after exploring the land for 40 days, the men which were the spies returned to Moses and Aaron and the people of Israel waiting there in the wilderness they reported to the whole community what they had seen and shown them the fruit that they had been taken from the land would you begin to see here 10 of the spies saw the land with the eyes of fear and two of them with the eyes of faith what happens when i look at my future with the eyes of fear let's look at these really quickly here today when you begin to look at your future and begin to look at your life with the eyes of fear, what it does to you, you and I get worried by conflicting information. We all know people who give us conflicting 
information. Am I right? Don't look at them. But we do. Throughout your life, you're going to hear good news and you're going to hear bad news. And what you focus on will determine what you do with your life. You can focus on the negative or you can focus on the positive. Uh, if you don't look uh, with the eyes of faith, you're going to get stressed out every time you hear. And this is exactly what is taking place in verse 27. Uh, there was a report uh, to Moses. We entered the land uh, to sent us to explore uh, and in Indeed, it's a bountiful city. Uh, there's a land uh, flowing with milk and honey. Uh, here is the kind of fruit that produces. Uh, but look at verse 28. Verse 28 starts out with the word, but. There's a big but in this verse. And please don't get offended by me if I drill this a little bit hard. Uh, but I'm telling you, there is a big butt in our lives. Uh, a big butt uh, that gets in our way. A big butt that begins uh, to tell us that we can't do anything. Uh, so you see, we live a life uh, of good news and bad news. Uh, and sometimes God is telling you, here is the good news. Uh, this is what's going to take place. Uh, but you got naysayers. Uh, you got family members. Uh, you got people who left the church uh, that's trying to give you advice. Uh, I'm here today to tell you, uh, you need to cut them loose uh, because those are the people that have big butts. Uh, they're the ones uh, that tell you uh, that you uh, you have you motivated yourself. You told yourself that you can do it, uh, but those are the people that tell you. Uh, but you know what? Uh, but you know what? Uh, but you know what? Uh, I'm here today to tell you. Uh, you tell the devil. Uh, the butt is not going to get in my way. Uh, I'm going to move forward. Uh, I'm going to press forward. Uh, I'm tired of conflicting uh, information. Uh, my God said, if I can make it, then I can make it. See, there's a big butt in this. See, the conflict report is good news, but... It says, but the people living there are powerful and their towns are large. We even saw giants there. I'm here today to tell you, as long as you are serving God, and every time you take a step forward, you're going to see a giant. Uh, anytime you step out in faith, you're going to see a giant. Uh, anytime God tells you to do something, you're going to see a giant. Uh, but my God uh, is bigger than the giants. Uh, my God uh, is greater than any giant. Uh, my God uh, is better uh, than any giant uh, that comes my way so when I look to God oh he pushes me forward the biggest problem that there's going to keep them from experiencing your greatness the thing that's going to stop you from moving forward what God wants you to do is you having this conflicting information the second thing that we have to do is you and I have to develop a a, a a place of our lives where how we look at things mentally. Throughout the two months, we 
heard sermons on mental illness, on health. We heard things on how we examine ourselves, how we, how we view our mindset, and not only getting stressed out, but with the eyes of fear, what begins to happen is uh, you can begin to look at a place where you begin to say, you know what, uh, there's no way I can do this. This is what happened to these guys. They said... They came back to the report in verse 29 where they said that there, there's no room for us. There's no room for us in there. And what they're saying is uh, this is supposed to be our promised land, uh, but there's already people in there. This is what ha could happen in many of our lives. God is saying, I want to bless you. God wants to restore your marriage. And you say, well, there's no way that God can do that. He's already been doing it to everybody else. I've just always been the outcast in my family. I've, been, oh, I've always been the one that doesn't, I just always just get the leftovers. Stop putting yourself down. Stop telling yourself that all you got is the crumbs. Stop telling yourself that you always just got the leftovers. Stop telling yourself that you always been the black sheep of the family. Uh, you are not the black sheep of the family in God's eyes. Uh, God says that you are precious uh, to my eyes. Uh, I love you enough that I created you. Uh, I hand created you. I made you so that I can love you. The third thing we see, I fulfill my own self-defeating predictions. What do I mean by this? I mean that the person who says we can do it and the person who says we can't do it are both, can I tell you? They're both right. You're like, that's confusing to me. But they're both right. I can tell somebody walking in here, and they're like, you're going to preach today? Yes. Oh, you're going to kill it today. Oh, I don't know. Then the other person that says, oh, you're just going to mess it all up. Let me tell you, they're both right. It's because whoever I believe, it's what's going to happen. You just all look confused. Let me tell you it this way. You say your marriage, if you talk to somebody other than your pastor about your marriage, you know, my marriage is all messed up. That's it. I'm leaving him. She's, I, I'm, and you know, like, you know what? You're right. He's just been a, he's been a turtle joke to you all your life. And you know what? That's it. Let me tell you, you're going to believe them. But if you hear from God, and a godly man, a godly woman, give it a chance. God's going to do a work. 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 Uh, God's going to do a work. Uh, let me tell you something. Uh, God is going to do a work. Uh, it's just like a sickness. Uh, there, people can tell you, you know what? Yeah, you'll never get healed. You'll never get uh, cured. Uh, but I know a God in heaven, uh, when you look to him, uh, you begin to say, God, uh, here I am. 
you tell yourself in advance, I can't do this, you'll never do it. I was looking at old photos yesterday. And man. Woo. I didn't know 20 years ago I, I had 20 pounds on me. I remember one time the doctor telling me, if you want to live to your 40, this is what you got to do. And I remember telling my wife, I can't do this. I love food too much. But when you have a praying wife, a wife who tells you you could do it, and do it, and do it, and do it, and a family you could do it, you could do it, you could do it. When did this turn into a physical health sermon? Verse 31 tells us, but the men who had gone up with Caleb said, we can't. There's a, there's a negative report right there. We can't attack these people. They're too strong. They're stronger than us. Number four, what I love is this one. When you look at things with the eyes of fear, not only do you mess up your life, but you corrupt other people with your negativity. And that's why, this may sound mean, but that's why I don't like to hang around negative people. When you hang around with negative people long enough, you become negative. When you hang around with people who always just criticize, I bet you'll start criticizing them. I love to hang around with people who are blasting, where they're just so joyful and just with full of enthusiasm. That's just the kind of people that I like to hang around with. When you hang around with, with just people just sitting there, oh, God, it's been a better day. Last 10 years were just horrible. I'm getting older and I'm bald. pity party people you, some of you may need to get some new friends this year you, you need some joyful people with you don't look at your neighbor now but some of you may need to start changing your seats I like my side. We dance on our side. See? But if I was hanging around with a, a, a crowd where they're not worshiping God, I'd be like, I see you. I hate to be you. Because it rubs off on you. I corrupt other people with my negativity, and I, I just don't want to keep it to myself. When you're negative, when you're fearful, 
when you're worried, it rubs off on the people that you live with, who ride with you. Have you ever got in the car all joyful, like, whoa, we're going to church? And then someone gets in the car all crabby, and you're like, The music was bumping, and all of a sudden, you're all, ain't nobody saying a word. You all been there before? You're like, that was my, that was my trip to church today. It rubs off, right? Then everybody's arguing, right? Get off the car, like, move out of the way, usher. I mean, he's just doing his job. Verse 32 says, they spread a bad report about the land that they explored. The fifth thing, what it also does to you, it'll make you miserable. And can I say this to some of you in this room here today, or maybe all of you? Some of you have been living a miserable life. And I'll tell you why. Because the devil's been lying to you. The enemy's been telling you, you know what, you'll always be this way. This is the way that your family will always be. This is the way that your kids will always be. Your health will always be like that. Your marriage will always be like that. You, you, you're, just, you're never going to get better. The last 10 years, that's all, that's how your life lived, and that's the way it's going to be all the time. Let me tell you something, folks. Some of us live in misery every single day of our lives. What I love is that if you don't look at our lives, if you don't look at, 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 at our lives and don't look at it through the future of, of, the, of, of faith, what begins to take place, misery, misery just begins to take over our lives. And this is what we see in chapter 14 now in verse 1 and 2. It says, then the whole community began weeping out loud. And they cried all night. This is horrible. Because now they're looking at it and they're saying, okay, we got this negative report. And now they're living in misery. The community is weeping. They're crying. Uh, they're crying all night. Uh, then it says their voices ro rose to a great uh, chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. And look at what they said. They said, if only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they're complaining about their leadership. They're complaining about the person that got them here. They're complaining, and what's happening is uh, when you begin to get a negative report, uh, we, we, we put the, the self-pity in our lives. Uh, nobody loves me. Nobody cares me about me. Uh, I'm always going to be single for the rest of my life. Nobody wants to marry me. All the good men are taken all the good women are gone where are my single people at there's somebody for everybody what we see in 
chapter 14, verse 1 and 2, we see crying, complaining, and then second-guessing. Some of you are in that stage today where you're crying about your life. And then there are some that all you do is complain. Life is not getting better. Everybody else gets blessed. Everybody else gets, you know, the high from high five from pastor. And then there's the second guessing. You know what the second guessing is? Well, maybe this is the wrong church. Maybe this is the wrong place. Maybe this is the wrong place I should be in. Maybe this is maybe they just don't want me here. person who doesn't want you here is the devil. God wants you here. I want you here. Pastor wants you here. The person sitting next to you, they may not have told you hi, but they want you here. Everybody wants you here. You need to begin to say, God, uh, here I am. Man, stop second guessing. If anybody loves you, they cried all night. They cried all night. We wish we would have just died. You're like, well, that's that story. Well, let me tell you, some of us, man, God should have just took me last decade. So what's the antidote? What's, what's the best solution then? You look at it through the view lens of faith. We know what faith is. The evidence of things not seen, right? You got to have faith in it. People get really shocked when I tell them I get nervous to preach every time I preach. They're like, you? Nervous? I do. That's my wife. I don't talk to him all day. <laughs> Kids know when I'm preaching. Dad's preaching now this week. Yeah, why? Well, he hasn't talked to me. When I get up here, and when I'm worshiping, and when I'm praying, I have faith. You need to view your life of having faith. Faith creates confidence. Faith gets moving. And this is what we see in verse 30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses. We should go at once and take possessions of the land. And you know what he says? He says, right now. We can certainly do this. These are the eyes of faith. He's saying, I defeat my fears. You know how you defeat your fears? And I want to teach you this tonight. I want to help you today as a dad, as a mom, as a grandparent. I want to teach you this. Don't turn me off now, folks. But when we begin to teach ourselves this, is if you begin to teach yourself this and defeat your fears, the way that you defeat your fears is this. You get moving. You wake up in the morning moving, praying, seeking God, moving. This is what Caleb did. Caleb said, you know what? We can't cry all night. We can't be complaining about our 
leader. Uh, we can't weep anymore. Uh, but what we need to do uh, is we need to get moving. Uh, we need to stand to our feet uh, right now and move. Uh, we need to move now. Uh, move. Uh, because when you're idle, uh, that's when you begin to look at your problems. Uh, when you sleep all day long, uh, then the devil lies to you. Uh, but when you're moving uh, and you're moving forward to God, uh, God does something. Uh, something begins to take place. Uh, when you're moving forward, uh, God says, oh, you want to move? I'll move with you. I'll walk with you. I'll run with you. That's the type of God that we serve, a movable God, a God that says, stop being idle. Stop being worried. Stop being stressed out. I told you I got this. Oh, my God. Here's what I want us to do. If you don't get anything else, if you want God's best in your life in 2020, in this decade of destiny, you need to stop listening to your feelings. You need to stop looking at it in fear. And you, not, you need to start living in faith. Verse 6 through 9 in chapter 14, what takes place is obedience unlocks the power of God in your life. And the last thing that you need to do is do whatever God tells you to do. As the band makes their way up, you have to begin to look at it in a way of saying, okay, God. I know you have a plan. I know that you have a purpose. You say, Pastor, I know that's good for you. You, you grew up in church your entire life. Uh, I know you're just trying to pump me up for the next 20 years. I'm not trying to pump anybody up. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of saying, this is how I'm going to live my life. This is how I'm going to fight my battles. This is how I'm going to be determined to see things take place in my life. so much there's a spirit of God that's taking place right now would you stretch your hands to God Father we come to you we rebuke every lie of the enemy in this room right now we surrender to you Jesus devil you need to flee from us
Jesus. We want to look at our lives with the eyes of faith and not the eyes of fear. Maybe you're in this room today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And you say, Pastor, you know what? I hear what you're saying. 